Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Abundantly Curious podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Page Butner. This week, we are diving into human design. I feel like human design has taken the world by storm recently. I'm hearing about it everywhere, in magazines, online, through friends, even at work. And so I want to share more about human design with you and let you know how you can leverage it. Whenever I first learned about human design, it felt like a giant mirror had been held up in front of me, and suddenly I was able to see and understand myself with a lot more clarity. Human design is so powerful in that it helps us see how we are all unique and how we show up in the world, how we make decisions, how we work, and how we experience the people around us. In this episode, our guest and I unlock several ways that you can use your design to improve your life, including finding your passions and purpose, interacting with other people, and how to view your own thoughts and feelings in a new light. If you have any interest in getting to know yourself better and creating more ease and flow in your life, then you are going to love our guest. And I love how she is a living embodiment of what it can look like to go within yourself and follow your own uniqueness to have a truly happy and beautiful life. Before we dive in, I'd like to welcome you to the Abundantly Curious podcast, where we aim to spark curiosity, ignite inspiration, and open your mind to expand into possibility. Each week, we'll sit down with experts to dive headfirst into the magical, mysterious, and awe-inspiring elements of our world with a focus on topics found at the intersection of science, spirituality, and self-help. Make sure you never miss an episode by hitting subscribe now and joining our email list at the link in our show description and show notes. Our guest today is Esther Ruda. Esther was born and raised in Amsterdam, as you'll hear in her beautiful accent, and spent a year living in Australia and Asia where, very interestingly, she worked with orangutans in Indonesia's tropical rainforest. Her work there inspired her to found and fundraise for a nonprofit, Monkey Business Foundation. She eventually fell in love and moved to California with her partner, where she moved to a little piece of paradise in Malibu and founded the Malibu Senga a gathering place where people can connect and participate in consciousness-expanding events and workshops with the ultimate goal of creating a more conscious, equal world for the benefit of all beings. Esther is a certified yoga teacher, herbalist, and human design coach. I first met Esther a few weeks back in a car for about three hours going to a retreat in Zion, Utah from the Las Vegas airport. So talk about a way to meet a human. We were trapped in a car for three hours, but I was so delighted to be trapped with Esther. And I was fascinated by her expertise in human design and how she uses her understanding of it to truly see and get to know people. I watched her navigate her interactions and relationships with other people in the retreat with it, and I saw what a valuable tool it can be. So I'm so excited to have her here today to tell us more about it. Esther, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I feel so honored to be on your podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you. So you have so much experience whenever it comes to self-exploration. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you ended up interested in human design? Yeah, first interest is probably spiked about two years ago when my friend Unique Hammond asked me, 
uh, if I knew what the side I was, then I had no idea. So we looked it up on, on the spot and she's like, you're a four, six projector. And I thought, what it said, is that a good thing, a bad thing? It, and now by now I know it's not a good or a bad, but it just is. And uh, I went deep into the mechanics of what it is to be a projector and what does that tell you and what are the other energy types. I pulled my daughter's chart, my son's chart, and my partner's chart. And I was just amazed by the incredible blueprint that it gave from every single person in my family. So I dived deeper and deeper into it. And once I, I, I'm fascinated in something, I go really, really deep. Um, so I signed up for the first possible uh, what's it called training that I could do at the International Human Design School. And I kept on following my fascination. And now I'm a human design coach and it's been so fulfilling. It's amazing. You brought up something that feels really important to expand on, which is that there is no good design or bad design because there are so many different types of profiles out there. What makes human design different? Yeah, that's a great question because I think um, it's the science of differentiation and it's just showing you how uniquely every single person is. And it is to be unique and there's no bad or good about it. We're just all very different. Society is mainly set up for the general public, but what is the general public? The schools are set up for, for one way of thinking. The all the systems that we have, the way that we set up our families, like a husband and a wife and two children, and everything is just idle worms, our structures, everything is set up for the general public. But when you go into your human design, you see that there is no general public. Every single person is unique. And we're all here to be a part of a puzzle in order to move our tribe forward in the, in the right way. If everybody aligns with their own energetic blueprints, uh, the world would look so beautiful. So uh, you can be uh, a projector like myself or a manifester like you, and we're all here to be uniquely that. So as a manifester, you're here to make an impact and you're here to, to go for it and, and explore new paths that are not explored quite yet. And then you need a rest. Your, your energy will ebb and flow. Uh, and you will feel extremely inspired about something and go for it for as long as you can. And then you need to rest again. Often people here, especially the United States, I should say, probably the West, are like, go, go, go. Um, there's no time for rest. Rest is for lazy people. And, and now finding out I'm a projector and for you as a manifester, we do not have that sacral energy to sustain ourselves constantly on this high level of energy and once you recognize that it's not a bad thing to take your rest it's actually a great thing to know that you're here to rest so that you have the energy again to to make an impact after uh, mm -hmm. and I think I think that's the same with my kids there there were some traits and and things that I wondered how they are so different but now I see and now I can also guide them in the right way to be like you need a little bit more time and so my son was a, a manifesting generator and this energizer bunny and he needs to burn all that energy before he goes to bed or he won't be able to sleep so there's no good there's no bad i just know he needs to be properly tired out 
and my daughter needs a break when she says she's tired. Um, and that, and that's not a good or a bad. It just is. That was one of the most liberating things to learn about me as a manifester when I realized that it was normal, quote unquote, it was of my type to desire rest. I remember whenever I was back in the corporate world and there would be mornings where I would just have to call in. I could not get out of bed. It felt like the nine to five Monday through Friday is just so consistently draining. It's a lot of energy to put into things. So whenever I learned, oh, okay, this is actually a pattern that you can lean into in order to get more energy, it was like an act of liberation to know that. I have a sneaking suspicion that the world was built more for generators than for anyone else because there's more of them. But how do you feel about that? I agree. I agree. I think our society is built to push and go and and burn all that energy that 70% of the population actually have. But then again, both the generators and the manifesting generators with that amount of energy, they are only able to access it if they do something that they love, because otherwise they might feel as strange as we feel on a general base. Uh, they, they need to also have a really good look at how they can use their energy at the best level. But I agree with you. The majority of the people, 70% of the population is either generators or manifesting generator. And they have this sacral energy of being able to energize the world. There's uh, a lot in our society that is just not even nine to five Mondays or Friday, but seven to seven Mondays or Saturday. Right? I mean, two weeks of holiday in a year of 52 weeks here in the United States, it's about to leave a lot of people feel extremely tired and uninspired and not aligned with their true self at all. Mm. I see it. I think we all see it so much. Before we lose too much of our audience, I want to go upstream a little bit so people yes. understand what is human design? Where does it come from and how do we use it? Uh, so human design is a science of differentiation and it's based on your first details. And it's a synthesis of the Chinese I Ching, the Jewish Kabbalah, the Hindu chakra system and Western astrology. You can type in your details in a few different websites that we can obviously share with the listeners. And you get a body graph and that is like your blueprint on how you are uniquely designed to interact with the world, with the people around you, how you sustain your energy and all your unique traits and uh, gifts, really. If you have your body graph in front of you, it looks quite uh, overwhelming. I know for a lot of people, there's nine different centers and either they're colored in or they're not colored in and they are linked through different channels and some gates are. So there's a lot of terminology and there's a, a lot in there that, that can be felt overwhelming at first. For anyone in the audience who doesn't already know their human design, now might be a good time to actually go and find yours. What is your website of choice, Esther, for where people can get their chart? I like mybodygraph.com mostly. Okay. So my go favorite. there, have your date of birth, time of birth. That's a tricky one. And for everyone who's seen all those memes out there about the woman on a date being like, I need your time of birth right now. <laughs> this is yeah. what it's for. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you can go back and figure out what your type is so that you will be able to relate to all the rest of what Esther shares with us today. Could you maybe lean into what the different types are and what some of the key aspects of them are? Yeah, for sure. So like we talked about, the majority or 70% of the population would fall into the category of a generator or a manifesting generator. These energy type, this energy type has a very open, enveloping aura. When you're around them, they feel warm and open and, and they are here to uh, to be the energizer of the group. And if they are in their aligned soul purpose self, you just want to sit next to someone and take in all this cozy, warm energy. It's really amazing. They are here to uh, be a worker bee is not necessarily, but they are here to, to put in all the energy that they have in something that feels aligned for them. When they follow their fascinations and what lights them up, they will feel satisfaction in their life. If they're out of alignment, they will feel frustrated. That's their not, not self-team. So if you're a generator or manifesting generator, you feel a lot of frustration in your life. You can tell that you're not living in alignment with your soul's purpose. And then you probably want to have a look at your life and where where you can uh, stop doing things that you feel like you should, but you actually don't want to. And that's a really big topic for generators. It's uh, do they do things that they feel they should, or are they actually doing things that lights them up? And uh, that's, that's a most important thing for them. And then after the 70% of the generators and mangens, there's the projectors, and that's about 20% of the population. And they are here to see, and they're not here to do. So they are here to see the systems, see what doesn't work, tweak and align and help guide the tribe to different ways of doing things. And so they're not here to do everything themselves. So they basically would work really well together with the generator so they can see and they can guide and then the generator that feels lit up can actually put in all that energy that they have to burn. And then uh, if a projector lives true to themselves and in alignment with their soul's purpose, they will be successful. That's their signature uh, positive high vibe. If, they, if they're successful, they live their in, alliance, in alignment with themselves. If they feel bitter and resentful, then you know that there's something they need to address in their lives. Like um, personally, for example, I was in a 12-year marriage and I felt bitter so much of the time and I was completely overdoing things. I was not taking rest. I was not listening to what I was, was here to do. I was just giving and I was so bitter and so resentful. And it ended actually in a, in a divorce after 12 years of marriage because I wasn't paying attention to what drove me and what I was here to do. And that bitterness as a projector, that's your sign, like some things need to change. And then you have the manifestor, which is only 9% of the population, like you and my daughter. And you guys, you girls are here to make an impact and like, trailblazed and um, uh, Alexandra Ruxel, for example, that we met at, she's the manifester also. You're here to to show people that 
things can be done in a different way. You're the leader and people will follow. Your energy also works in bursts. So you might find, like we just talked about, you might find that you are very into something and you can give it your all for uh, for as long as that. And then you might feel you really need a rest because you're mostly here to start things. So you're not always here to finish everything. You could just be here. Whereas that's also something that is, is, is not good is for people to start things and then not finish it. But you're a manifester. So you don't necessarily have to be the one that finishes it. You can just start it. You can ignite things. You can get projects going and into the world and other people will be inspired or pick it up. You're not necessarily here to finish the job yourself. If you are in your in alignment, uh, you feel peace because manifestors, when they are not in alignment, they can feel angry. So where the, where the, the generators feel frustrated and the projectors feel bitter, the manifestors can feel angry. So if you feel a lot of anger in your life, that's your signpost of needing to, to have a look at, at where that comes from and what you're not doing, what you should be doing. Um, and it's likely uh, getting out of the red race and trying to be like the generators and have a look what you're here for as a manifester. Then there's a very small portion of the public that is a reflector. It's only 1%. And these people, if you would see their body graph with nine different chakra systems, uh, openings, they're completely open to the world and they have none of the energy and they have no consistent way of, of operating themselves. They are here to be influenced by the mood cycle. They have a 28 day cycle and they try on everybody else's uh, uniform. They're extremely influenced by the people in, and their environment. For them to make a decision, it takes about 28 days before they are able to make a decision because they, they have to go through all the phases of the moon and try out and feel out all these different possibilities before they get to that. They do have a different kind of aura because uh, a lot of people that have a lot of openness, a lot of undefined centers, they get influenced highly from the people that surrounds them. And the reflector being completely open has a little bit of a, uh, uh, like a, the coating of a pen, like the, the, the non-stick coating. So they can keep a little bit of the energy out and, and have a bit more choice of what they let in and what not, uh, not consciously, but unconsciously. And that's the four types. Um, in the newer way of human design, they say it's five types. It's a generator and a manifesting generator is taken separate. But if you go to how it was brought into the world, you'd say it's four types. That's uh, the sacral sacral energy is, is seen as one. I heard one time that if people are around other people with energy centers filled that they don't have filled, it almost compliments them. Is this true? And is there any sort of ideal team or collaboration amongst the different types? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So you, wherever you don't have definition, so where you're open, you're completely open to bring in energy of other people. It's not necessarily always complementary, and it's also very important to know if the person that you take the energy from is actually in their aligned self. Mm -hmm. 
So you could be standing at the checkout at the supermarket and you could feel suddenly really overwhelmed or very anxious. If you have your head center open and your root center open and someone next to you has that filled in and is basically transmitting their energy out and you're bringing it in, uh, but that person is not aligned in their energy, it can actually bring you off balance. Oh, wow. Uh, there are ways that you can complement each other. If you would have both your charts, you can put them together and see where you can make, where you can fill each other's channels and make connections. And some parts are extremely beneficial. There will be some gates, like for example, you would have gate 16, the gate of skills, and I have gate 48, the gate of depth. If we come together and we make that channel, uh, then we have the depth and the skills and we're a, a, a super team. So there are different ways that you can get the overlap and see how you can complement each other. But you can also have dominance channels and they're not necessarily beneficial. They can feel like you're always being dominated by certain traits and gifts from other people. So uh -huh. some... Some might feel beneficial and some might actually make things a little bit more tricky. Oh, wow. So for reflectors, it must be really challenging just being out in public all the time if they're absorbing everything. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. But luckily, they have a little bit of that coating. Oh, that, okay, okay. The nonstick. Yeah, the nonstick. Exactly, the nonstick. But for example, for me, from the nine sentences that are... Uh, available, I only have two defined. So on seven different places, I take in the energy of people around me. At the end of the day, I really feel like I have to shake that a little up and, and be like, is this mine or is this what I picked up? And for me, it takes about an hour to be able to go to bed. I really have to rest in my own private space with no one around in order to to get back to myself before I can be ready to sleep. It's so powerful to know that because once you have that information, you can then make decisions that are good for you in alignment with it. How has human design helped you maybe make some changes or adjustments in your life that serve you better? Mm, yeah, especially when it comes to rest and knowing I lived my life as a manifest and generator, just going, going, going from one thing to the other. I love so many different things and I have so many interests and I'm so curious that I find it really hard to ever stop. But now I know that I will be more successful in all ways of my life, my signature self, if I take rest because rest is just so important. So instead of feeling lazy, if I just do nothing for a little bit and stare out over the ocean, I would catch myself and be like, oh, wait, wait, I'm not productive. Let's get productive here. How dare I waste my time just staring at the ocean? And now I'm like, oh, well, look at myself just staring at the ocean because that's going to make me successful. And it feels so good. And it's, it's great. It gives me permission to just be myself and step out of all the societal pressure. And it's the same with going to bed. For example, at our retreat, I didn't stay in the bunk rooms because I know I'm taking in all that energy. So I sleep in my own tent. I, I go somewhere else. I book another place and I stay in my own energy because I know that I have to just empty out uh, and I can get real people fatigue if I don't do that. 
Mm. And that also gives me permission to be like, instead of feeling bad about me going off, it feels good to be knowing how I can take care of myself and and do that. Mm. It's interesting because knowing that I'm a manifester is actually part of the inspiration behind the very topic of this podcast, which is me following what I'm curious about. I want to follow my own pings and urges and people will get to learn and explore together on this journey. Yes, yes, exactly. And I have to say, when you look at all the different types, all of the types work actually better if they follow their pings. Hmm. There's uh, even for the generators, it really is so helpful to know what lights them up and let go of the shoulds and woulds and not future trip in their minds. For example, the way to respond to life is your strategy in life as a generator. You're here to respond to things. So generators will get something, whether it's food that they a menu in front of them, what to choose for dinner or their next job or something will come to them and they'll be feeling this really if they are in line with their body, if they're integrated well and they can feel they will feel a very definite yes, like hell yes, or a fuck no. And if they feel that definite no, but they do it anyway, they're going out of alignment. So a lot of the generators, they're here to respond to life, to just wait what's coming and then respond and do it. You as a generator, you as a manifest, you're here to make impact. So you can just use your mind and go for it. Uh, although the mind is for none of the types should be your authority. But that's a whole different part of human design is everybody, depending on the definition in your chart, has their own authority. And that's a, that's an interesting, I don't actually know what your authority is. Do you know that? Emotional. Oh, your emotional authority. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's super interesting because you won't feel right in the moment if something is right for you or not. You'll have to let it go through your way and wait a while and feel like you're in a neutral space, not on your high, not on your low, to be able to make a decision if something is correct for you. I have learned that the hard way where I feel one way about something in the moment and then a week or two goes by and I'm like, no, I have made the wrong decision. So I've really learned to sit with it. I'm curious, whenever you speak about authority and how it relates to decision-making, how can people in the audience take theirs and run it through for their own decisions? Um, one of the really interesting parts is knowing where your decision-making lies. And you can be a manifester, a projector, or uh, except for a reflector, but all the other types can all have an emotional authority. 50% of the population actually has emotional authority. And that means that your solar plexus has definition. If that's colored in, that means that part of your chart makes a connection with a uh, uh, an energy spot nearby and that will make a wave it will make a channel it connects the two and that has a different kind of energy to it some waves are more intense as others but emotional people they might wake up one morning and feel horrible and are like what my life is beautiful i have everything i need and i love everything about my life but i feel horrible anyway i feel emotional i feel annoyed i feel i feel all these feelings And that could be because it's your wave. It just could be like you can go up and down and up and down. 
Whereas people that have that uh, part of their chart undefined, like I do, I don't have that part of my chart defined. So I don't really go through the waves. I'm quite steady emotionally, except when I'm around emotional people, because then I amplify their emotions. So I can get really emotional about things, but that's only when there's people around me that radiate or transmit their part of that. Um, so that's the emotional authority and that's 50%. And then the next authority down the line is the sacral authority. All generators have that, uh, sacral authority more or less. If you also have your emotional center, your solar plexus defined, you'll have your emotional authority to wait. There's no truth in the now for, for the big decisions in life, but everybody with a sacral, uh, defined and feel that hell yes or fuck no feeling if you're in tune with your body. And for them, the truth is in the now. They feel right away if something is for them or it's not. They will go to the bakery and they'll be like, hell yes, that croissant is mine. There's no thinking about anything. They'll they'll be able to tune into their sacral, their gut feeling, and they'll be able to make the decision right there and then. They don't have to wait anything out. If somebody's like, do you want to go out for a dance or you want to go dance on Saturday? They'll be yes or no. They can feel it. Whereas you as an emotional, with an emotional authority, you might be like, let me, like, let me let that go through my wave and I'll get back to you when I feel clear. Uh, and then there's the splitting authority, which is if you do not have your emotional, if you do not have your sacral, you might have splenic authority and that is super intuitive and the most subtle of all. And for a lot of people, a very hard authority to have because a lot of people, their minds take over and the splenic intuitive authority is only talking very gently and very, very briefly. It's not like the sacral force, like, hell yes. It's like, this is good or this is not like, Love at first sight, for example, could be a splenic authority. It could be like, yes, this is good for me. This is like, it's like that right in the moment moment. Um, but you shouldn't ask of someone with an, a splenic authority, like, are you sure? Because then the mind comes in and they're like, oh, wait, 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 actually, maybe, maybe I'm not sure. Or oh. so a splenic authority is really hard for, for a lot of people if you're not in tune with your, your intuition. So that's a very intuitive. And then you have the ego center, uh, which is the heart center and the self-projected authority. That's what I have, but that's very, very little part. It's 2% of the population has self-projected authority. And for me, I need someone to ask me questions and then just listen to what's coming out because my G center, my love, identity, and direction center is defined. And that's where my answers lie. I, I know what's good for me. I know where my direction is. I know what's good for love, but I don't always listen to that. I might have the might come in and take over. So I need to have someone that asks me the right questions and then really feel into that part of my body instead of trying to answer with my mind. That feels so useful for everyone to know. Because yeah. there's a little bit of shaming around, oh, you don't know, you're unsure in a moment. Mm -hmm. Know that some people are just built differently in terms of how they create decisions uh, is big time. Every year I'll run this special where I have decision-making sessions that I'll put out there for people. And it is my most popular special that I ever had because 
that is something that so many of us don't really know how to harness within ourselves. And so what you just provided is probably going to help a lot of people with that. I love that. I think that the most important thing out of that is knowing that your decisions are not to be made by the mind because Mm -hmm. your heart beats and your mind thinks, but you can't always trust your mind. It's trying to keep you safe and it might make decisions out of fear and it's not your best decision-making tool that you have. So as as soon as you know where your decision-making lies in your body, you can actually start to to try with it and uh, experiment. And I found it incredible to see if I write my diary and I ask myself the right questions and then I just let my pen flow. If I journal, uh, I'm surprised with what comes out. That's so important to bring up because we have lost our way, in my opinion, recently, where we think the mind is all of us. The mind is king. The mind is there to do everything. And in truth, I think I read this in some book by an anthropologist where they basically said the mind is there to help protect you, essentially, and keep you alive. It has since become so overburdened, overwhelmed by all of these decisions and all of these messages every single day that we've totally forgotten about our other centers and how they can help us and guide us through life. Yes, exactly. How many people are really still in tune with their intuition or let the intuition make decisions? Even if they feel intuitively that something might not be right, it's often the mind that's like, yeah, let's just do it or it will keep you safe or that job is going to make more money. So let's do that. Whereas the intuition might say, oh, I would much rather do that. And, and you would feel magnetically attracted to one. Your mind takes over and puts you on the other rails and it might not necessarily be the right thing for you, but we just trust that mind so much. And yet, how often has it let us down? I know it's let me down Uh (laughs) many times, and that's okay because no part of us is perfect, but just having even the awareness that there are other parts of ourselves that we can listen to is expansive. I'm curious to know how human design and understanding your design can help you find the aligned path for you and find your purpose or your work in life. Uh, I find it's magical if you dive deep into your own chart what information is there for you on the website of the international human design school you can download a 50 page report about yourself it's about 50 dollars 55 dollars and it will tell you all about into detail into your gates to your channels and the problem is that the language used is a little overwhelming and you will have, I had to read it like four or five, six times in order to really get out of it what I needed. It's just, the language is just so, wow. And, but I thought, how is it possible that this document that is uh, just based on my birth data, so insightful and knows so much more about me than I actually knew about myself. It had so much information about my character traits and my gift. For example, that I have one channel, which is the channel of inspiration. And I am here to be uniquely myself and inspire people in that way to give them permission to be uniquely themselves. I feel that the funny thing is being a projector, I'm here to see systems and see if systems work and bring the right systems or tweak systems. And I found this human design system and it's a system that has so much 
uh, in it for me. And then I feel with my channel of inspiration, I can actually bring this human design to show people that they are allowed to be uniquely themselves. Mm. And that is my one and only channel that I have in my chart. And then obviously I have a lot of gates that all tell me a lot more about myself than that. But it actually gave me the permission also to voice my, my knowledge about it. And because also the document said, you're here to share this. I always had a bit of the imposter syndrome, like who wants to hear my thoughts? After reading this, I was like, yes, I do feel very strongly that this is me. I feel very strongly that I should share this with the world and that it is just such a tool for so many people that once you know all this information about yourself to actually be uniquely you and live a life true to yourself. That was just so important. Was my my light bulb. It was the big light I needed to shine on these light spots of my mind. I, it was amazing. And I see that that works for other people too. I'm now playing around with the planets because for example, most of our energy that you see for me, 70% of that is connected to the sun gate in your design. But every gate, every planet has its own power. So the earth gate, for example, is if you feel ungrounded, you want to lean into that trade or into that gift a little more in order to feel you ground uh, more. If you are lost in why you're here, you want to go and look at your moon gates and be like, Where's my why? What drives me? What is my drive? And then you see like this gate stands out in your moon sign and that can give you a little information on what to follow in order to find your why. I've been playing around with this, synthesizing a few things of human design and then with the planets and trying it out on my friends. And everybody's like, how is this even possible? I have a friend, for example, who does the beam protocol, you know, unique. And she was uh, making these new slides for her Instagram. And I was like, you're somebody that has to go into the details. You're here to make these like uh, two overwhelming details into something that is, is understandable for the public at large. And she's like, do you want to see what I just made? And then she made a slide saying it's about the details. And that was her slide. It's just so many times that it's shows me how on point the human design system is and how much information is there to work with. It almost feels like this mirror because it's not necessarily giving you information outside of yourself, or at least in my no. experience, it wasn't brand new information. It was like it uncovered the depths of myself or put a clarifying lens on things that got covered in dust and gunk over the course of my life, you know, or yes. things that I haven't trusted or have let slip away. And suddenly there was just so much more clarity. And so what you just described is such a beautiful journey that people can go on with human design. Exactly. It feels so complex. There are so many layers to it. I can't even wrap my head around all the gates and all yeah. the things. So it's like this endless wealth of knowledge. If somebody wanted to take a few steps into the human design world and understand their chart, what's something that they could do today? I would start with a reading because in one hour, someone can guide you through the most important things. That gives you so much clarity of the overall system. And then if you are interested in what you've heard or it resonates, 
you can dive deeper into the little parts. And then you go in and then you, you'll never come out because there is so much information to be found in that. Having a reading was my first step into really understanding what I was dealing with because of the language and, and all the different layers of the system. And how can people work with you? Uh, I also do readings. Uh, I have a website, malibusenga.com, and I added a page to that to talk more about the human design readings, and it has an email there, and so people can hit me up. And I am more than happy to do readings. Besides that, I'm now in the process of organizing retreats and group coaches. Great. And is there any other way on social media or anywhere that people can follow you or connect with you? I'm on Instagram at Malibu underscore Senga. Uh, post a lot there. I also have an um, Instagram page specifically set up for my human design, but I'm a little less active there. That is Journey into Human Design. Great. Okay. So everyone go follow Esther. And Esther, if you could leave our listeners with just one message, what would it be? I would say go inward and discover what drives you and what does it mean to live a life true to yourself and take the necessary steps to align with your soul's purpose. That's beautiful. Thank you, Esther, so much for your time. It's been great to have you today. Uh, Thank you. I feel very honored. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to be kept in the loop on new episodes like it, follow us on Instagram at Abundantly Curious or join the email list at the link in our show description and show notes. And if you've got extra love to give, which we always welcome, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, when we open our minds, we open to new possibilities.